0: today 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 everything changes for you there is absolutely nothing any of us can do to change our past but please know that your decision to join us in the purity of our praise unto god today definitely changes your future saint peter united decrees that you are worthy you are loved you are accepted and you
1: Present to us an adapted reading from the letter to the Hebrews, chapters 11 through 12. Faith is the assurance of things you have hoped for, the absolute conviction that there are realities you've never seen. It was by faith that our forebears were approved. We talk about our biblical ancestors in the faith Abraham, Sarah, Hagar, Isaac. Rebecca, Jacob, Rachel, Leah, Moses, and Zipporah. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as if it were dry land. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab did not perish with the rest of the city. And what more should I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edges of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, and put foreign armies to fight. Let us also remember the faith of our ancestors, are closer St. Peter Saints. I will say their names in congregation after each name I invite you to respond affirmatively by saying, your memory is a blessing. Response will also be on the screens. Pat Walker, your memory is a blessing. Terry Armstrong, your memory is a blessing. Alan Murray, your memory is a blessing. Santorino Vega, your memory is a blessing. S.E. Mae Smith, your memory is a blessing. Marvel Melrose Duran, your memory is a blessing. Jesus Camacho, your memory is a blessing. Tony D. Foster, your memory is a blessing. Chantrice Holly, your memory is a blessing. Will Tessa Cabron. Your memory is a blessing. Julius Sporty Brown. Your memory is a blessing. Dion Brown. Your memory is a blessing. Ned Brown. Your memory is a blessing. Geneva Benford. Your memory is a blessing. Beverly Neal Tyndall. Your memory is a blessing. Mary Davis. Your memory is a blessing. Charles Davis your memory is a blessing. Larry Wiseman, your memory is a blessing. Neville Yorkie, your memory is a blessing. Leslie Clyde Jackson, your memory is a blessing. Zora Bell Red, your memory is a blessing. Altronice Mays, your memory is a blessing. Johnny T. Bryant, your memory is a blessing. Barbara Bell. Your memory is a blessing. Cynthia Cummings. Your memory is a blessing. Loretta Preston. Your memory is a blessing. Ruthie Greenwood. Your memory is a blessing. Deidre Dee, Dee Griffin. Your memory is a blessing. Gregoria Tristan, Your memory is a blessing. Antonio Tristan. Your memory is a blessing. Jasper McKinsey, your memory is a blessing. Catalina Cervantes Molina, your memory is a blessing. Seraphine Pena, your memory is a blessing. Angel Pena, your memory is a blessing. Fitzpatrick Edwin Francis, known as Lion, your memory is a blessing. Alfonso Lee Drummond, your memory is a blessing. Additionally, we who remain take a moment to look back and acknowledge the lives lost in the midst of collective emergencies. Let us affirm that you are not forgotten. The million plus Americans who have died in the unending COVID pandemic, you are not forgotten. Through faith, we participate in hope against all hopelessness and despair. We continue the fight against all forms of injustice so those who died disempowered may rest in power together we declare may you rest in power the victims of all ages gunned down in mass shootings and other gun-related violence may you rest in power Wadia al-fayume may you rest in power lisa love may you rest in power dominic palace May you rest in power. Anae Johnson, may you rest in power. Sherilyn Marjorie, may you rest in power. Luis Angel Diaz Castro, may you rest in power. Akira Ross, may you rest in power. Jordan Neely, may you rest in power. Daryl Tyree Williams, may you rest in power. Tyree Nichols, may you rest in power. Kenan Anderson, may you rest in power. And all the beautiful, beloved, trans, gender non-conforming, queer, black, brown, migrating children of God who have died at the hands of hatred, may you rest in power. The casualties of war in Ukraine, Gaza, Israel, Azerbaijan, Armenia, Ethiopia, and countless others around the world whose lives escape our news headlines or social media timelines, may you rest in power. Who else have we lost in the past year that we should honor today? If anyone in the audience has lost a loved one, please stand one at a time and announce that loved one's name. And if you are watching online, please type your loved one's name in the chat where they will be memorialized digitally. We remember those whom we have loved, who though absent with us here in body are present in spirit with God And here with us. In this place, we invite and celebrate the movement of living spirit. Today, we join our worship together with those who rejoice for eternity in the kingdom of heaven. We are Saint Peter, united in spirit. The writer of Hebrews continues, so since we stand surrounded by all those who have gone before, an enormous cloud of witnesses, let us drop every extra weight every sin that clings to us and slackens our pace, and let us run with endurance the long race set before us. Now stay focused on Jesus, who designed and perfected our faith. He endured the cross and ignored the shame of that death because he focused on the joy that was set before him. And now he is seated beside God on the throne, a place of honor. Consider the life of the one who endured such personal attacks and hostility from sinners, so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Will join me in a word of prayer. Alpha and Omega, maker of heaven and earth. God, we thank you for a chance at new life. Risen and crucified Christ. Jesus, you understand what we go through, the torture and the suffering that we endure, and yet you still rose, God. Spirit of the living God, your presence is here with us, and we thank you for it. Open our ears and our hearts to hear and receive what it is you have to say for us this morning. Speak, O God. Amen. Amen. Why are these good church folk commemorating a day of the dead? I know we all have a tough enough time talking about death as it is. We want it all to be behind us. We want so badly to get beyond the sadness and the grief. What good can come out of talking about death? It may surprise you that there are many day of the dead traditions commemorated by Christians around the world. In Mexico, Dia de los Muertos is literally Spanish for Day of the Dead. The German folks who planted this church brought their own tradition of Totenfest, which happens to be celebrated this same week. You may also be familiar with the Catholic tradition of All Saints' Day, or Black Baptist churches may have an annual Memorial Sunday. It is perfectly normal, in fact, for Christians to come together to say their names, to decorate altars, to visit the cemetery or clean their graves, among other practices, to remember loved ones who have died. We are not celebrating the Grim Reaper this morning. Don't mistake my standing here and openly speaking on the subject to mean that I am inviting death into our lives. I pray with all my might that we all avoid death for as long as possible. Death itself is not welcome here. But I also miss my folks who have died. I'm not giving death any more brain cells, But I can't help but think about my grandpa, Al. Every time I hear Dave Brubeck's Take Five, I remember him. Every time I go to the grocery store and pick out a cucumber, I taste the vinegar he used to add to his salads. And last night, while the catfish was cooking, I remembered the smell of his kitchen. It all seemed so recent. Because even though Grandpa moved upstairs to Glory back in January, clearly he has stayed with me since. When you're the one grieving, well-meaning people may try to comfort you by assuring that one day you'll move on. Adapt, sure. Restructure your life around the void, hopefully. Reorient yourself to find a way forward. I mean, that's the plan. But pick up and leave him behind to forget grandpa. Honestly, I don't want to. I want my grandpa to continue to be a part of my life. I want to learn how to grow tomatoes like he did. So I'm going to take classes to become a master gardener, just like he was. I want to continue listening to and playing jazz because that brought me closer to him. The writer of Hebrews says that we are surrounded by those who have gone before us. That doesn't sound like moving on in the sense of having to forget and get over grief. The scripture in Hebrews and today's service offer you the opportunity to think differently about the relationship you can have with your loved ones in heaven. You don't need to feel bad or lagging behind in your grief journey because you don't want to let your loved one go. The good news is that you can have a continuing relationship with them, but I caution you not to let your relationships stay stuck at when they died either. Do you want to feed the memory of them like how they died or how they lived? Every relationship grows and changes just like we do. I invite you to consider how will you relate differently now that there's extra distance between you and them on the other side of the spirit realm. For starters, I invite you to talk with them. Ask them to prayerfully intercede for you. We do the same thing for each other, right? I ask you to pray for me, and of course I pray for you. Go ahead, ask your loved ones questions, ask them for some guidance. After all, they have a bird's eye view from heaven. There's this idea that engaging with our loved ones in heaven is demonic or unchristian. I've already mentioned the Day of the Dead remembrances are pretty normal for Christians. We are not casting spells. We are not replacing God with our ancestors. We are simply acting out what we believe through faith. Don't we really believe in life after death? Don't we believe that we worship in spirit and in truth? Don't we communicate with God who is fully spirit? What if I told you we don't have to wait until we die and get to heaven ourselves to get a foretaste of what Paul says in his letter to the Romans, that not even death can separate us from the love of God? The real presence of this cloud of witnesses is proof that death isn't the end. It's the transition. The option is open to you, but it's not required if you don't want to. You might not want to continue relating to them at all, and that's also okay. Perhaps you are glad to no longer have to deal with them now that they're gone. Perhaps your life was hell with them here. Perhaps the best you can hope for is forgiving them and forgetting. That too is okay. Today is about releasing ourselves from the bondage of the right way to grieve. There can be healing in saying the names. There can be healing in reclaiming the cultural traditions that nourished our people. There can be healing in connecting with parts of you that you were never given the chance to meet. Perhaps you need their support to continue running this rat race. Perhaps their legacy or their example will inspire you to keep moving forward. Perhaps knowing that your faith doesn't require you to give them up will help you to hold on. Let today serve as a reminder when you're low, Know that you're being cheered on from heaven every step of the way. I invite us now to a moment of reflection. Close your eyes and turn your attention inward. How are you feeling? Where are you feeling it? Picture in your mind what it means that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Some have recently joined them Others are saints of old. Some of them we have known personally. Others we've only been told about through their stories. Who comes to your mind during today's service? Who sits in your heart this time of year? Don't be afraid to say their name aloud or in your head. They are your intercessor At one point, you may have prayed for them to get better or to suffer less or to finally find rest in the arms of Jesus. It's their turn to pray for you, to intercede to Jesus on your behalf. Tell them that you need prayer. Tell them that you need their prayers. Tell them what you need prayer for. Tell them so that when doubt silences your own prayers, ask them to keep praying for you. When God seems distant, or you're fed up with God, ask them to pray for you. If you're not ready for prayer, maybe ask them to sit right next to you in the pew as your personal angel from heaven. Let us sit and commune. Amen. At this time, the mic is open for folks to come forward and offer brief reflections of two minutes each. You might want to share a story honoring a loved one or perhaps a testimony of your own grief journey, like I did about my grandpa, Al. If you would like to speak, I invite you to form a line in the right aisle and one at a time we'll pass the mic um, here up the front. Please come forward.
2: How y'all doing? Um, my name is Josiah Mabry. Just wanted to give a brief testimony, not too much talk about my grandfather who had passed, but to talk about death in general. Passing my grandfather was the first time I came in contact with death of an actual close person that I actually knew, spoke with every day. So it's really still hard to deal with. Death is very sudden. It's It's permanent, and it's something I'm really still trying to understanding grasp. I'm a, I'm a very happy-go-lucky person. I don't like to cry, but it's been about three months and I, I had to try hard not to cry this morning just to pull out his picture because it's kind of hard to look at him. I kind of say this to say when you come in contact with death of a person that you're really close with, you're never going to be ready for it. Don't try to get over it because kind of how I see it is if you're getting over it, that's kind of disrespectful to the person that died. Always have that moment in your head and remember what that person means to you i'm probably going to be 40 still feeling this way and i'm i'm completely fine with that it's a sense of melancholy that always follows you so it's not something you can prepare for just make sure you have a good group of friends always talk to god and know that they're always watching that's it just
1: like bless
3: you I lost my dog in February. Um, not everyone understands the bond that you can have with an animal. Um, sometimes even I myself didn't understand. Um, I'm very much still grieving his loss. Um, I, his name was Buddy. I got him in college. Um, I had just moved out of my parents' house. I was going to college in San Antonio, and he came from a rescue organization. Uh, He, I was just, we were everything to each other. I I thought the world of him, and he thought the world of me. And um, it's so hard navigating that loss sometimes. And I've heard people say, well, you know, like, you can always make new bonds with other animals and beings. And sometimes it's, like, just not the same. Uh, So I, uh, when I can, I hold space to remember him and the things that we would do together. And, um having my next dog Mason has been healing because he just he kind of has some similar qualities and I don't know how to explain it I feel like a little bit of buddy's spirit is in him and so I'm thankful for that and I'll always remember that bond for sure
4: Hello everyone. Um, be patient with me. maybe may be crying a little bit. Um, I want to take this time to remember a wonderful, beautiful, um, very um, giving, righteous person, righteous spirit. Um, her name was Will Tessa Sebern. She's my grandmother. We call her grandma, sister, baby. Um, and Part of my um, grieving journey specifically um, I was turning 16 um, around my birthday time um, and I didn't know that she had passed away, um, no one told me, not even my family, and I found out through a group text with my friends um, it was just really difficult. Um, Because I had just lost my um, family dog at the same exact time, and um, we—I don't talk about this much—but we went to visit her in the funeral home to bring her clothes um, for the funeral and like get her all dressed up. And when everybody was gone, I went in and gave her a kiss on her cheek. Um, I'm sorry. And it didn't feel like her. Um, um, And um, on her uh, funeral day, I wanted to be in there with her because I didn't want to imagine a world without her. Um, she was my best friend, um, and now I've been, like, living life without her and it's been very difficult, um, and I just, um, I think that she would want me to keep pushing through my battles with depression and anxiety. Um, but it's just really hard. But um, something about her memory that really sits with me is the fact that (laughs) um, she was a sibling of seven and had children, eight different kids. um, And she raised them in the project by herself. She was a single parent in a really small, tiny apartment complex. Um, And uh, she went to work in the nighttime, taking it by bus, um, and she also graduated from U of H in her late 70s, I believe. Um, so I just admire her because she's a wonder. Um, she did things that no other person could. She didn't have a dime to her name, and she would continue to shell out money for charities for people she saw on the street. She'd open her home to people who struggled with mental illness, um, with financial issues. She was just a really giving and loving person. Um, And she left her mark.
5: Good morning, family. I stand before you the youngest of seven children. Um, I have uh, two brothers who have passed, so there are five of us living. Um, but one of my brothers who passed, um, he was three and a half years older than me. We grew up every day of our lives together. We lived in the same household up until he passed, um, which was back in 2008. But um, I would never experienced a death that ripped through my heart, my mind, and my spirit that way. Um, but I thank God for whatever the wonder of dreams are. I don't know how we create these visions in our heads when our bodies and our minds are sleeping. It's incredible to me, but I was able to see my brother in one of my dreams the very first time it frightened me, and I asked him not to do that again. But, <laughs> but um, one thing that someone taught me was God is a gentleman, and he'll never put on you more than you can bear. He'll never give you what you don't want. So when I asked God to allow my brother back into my dream because the thoughts of seeing him started to sound and feel good. And now I see my brother in my dreams just in the background. Like if I were to dream this, he'd be sitting in the back of the pews. I always see his face, but he's just in the background. Um, One other quick thing that I wanted to share was uh, growing up, one of my grandmothers was very loving a little too loving to the point where it was overwhelming and I used to cry when I had to go to her house. Um, (laughs) But it was the stories that people told me that created this love and admiration that I have for her in her death. After she was already gone, I developed a love and admiration for her. Isn't that strange? But the reason why is because I didn't understand at the time why she was so loving and why why she was so overbearing with her love. But what I do remember is she used to address me and my brother as Master Rashid and Master Rashad. It was, she 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 didn't make us think that we were better than other people because she would always say, you're not better than anything or anyone, but you don't have to deal with everything and everyone. And that's something that stayed with me. And that is why I chose my name, Sir Rashad Eugene, to humble myself because I'm not, you know, People are like, why not just say king or prince? You know, that's, that's a bit much. You know, I'm an humble person, but I just wanted to wear a piece of royalty as something that my grandmother left behind with me because we are, we are royal priesthood. So to anyone who's feeling less than or feeling like after someone left you that you were alone, there's something they left with you that will sustain you as long as you are open to it and allow it to happen.
6: I'd like to honor Larry Wiseman. Larry's priorities in life were in this order, God, family, and country. Larry served in the United States Navy on the ship, the USS Detroit, which was a transport and supply ship. He was in Da Nang and Saigon, South Vietnam from 1968 to 1971, and while he was there, he was exposed to Agent Orange. And as a result, Agent Orange brought on cancer, and he passed away in 2015. But just because he died does not mean he continues to live. He lives through our daughter, Diane who learned from her dad to love God, to serve the church, and to to serve other people. Larry's spiritual gift was service, and he did it and showed it in so many ways. He was an usher in his church, the Methodist church. He was for two years president of United Methodist Men. For seven years every summer, Larry went to Belize City, Belize, and helped build a United Methodist Church starting the first year, literally 12 feet digging the foundation for this church. Larry also served in Cairo's prison ministry. Him and I served together on teams, him in the kitchen cooking for ladies three days a week, on weekends, three meals a day. He did it so many times. Larry and I one time went in together to the Carol Vance prison unit in Richmond, Texas and attended a closing. And as a result of that, a young man got out of the prison and Larry mentored this young man for a year. Took him to Promise Keepers rallies when they used to be held in the old Oiler Stadium. You know, we were married for 42 years, and I I had been praying about my future spouse. And you know where we met? We met in a Christian bookstore. (laughs) You know, I was working behind the counter. He came in. One day during the week, trying, wanting to talk to the owner of the, of the store, wanted to sell her Christmas gift wrap in the month of May. <laughs> he asked me out three times for coffee. I kept saying no, no. <laughs> You know, he was seven years older than me. I just met him, like, less than two months after I got out of high school. I was only 18 years old. He had just gotten out of the Navy. He was 26. I mean, you know, it's like, no, I can't take you home to Mama. (laughs) Anyway, thank you for listening, and Larry and I love you, Larry, and we honor you every day of our lives.
1: Thank you.
0: Good morning, St. Peter. I want to honor, real quick, two people. Um, First, my brother, who was the very first person in my life who passed away when he was 16 and I was 18. And um, I always honored his spirit. And I always spoke to him, even though I didn't, I understood, but I was told not to understand that way. But I understood, and I was told not to understand that way. And so um, whenever I can't find something in life, He was a trickster. He would hide stuff from me. He would take all of my stuff. So when I'm looking for something for multiple days, I'm like, okay, brother, you want my attention. What is it? Hey, how you doing? I know I ain't talked to you in a little while, but hey. So that's my brother, Thomas Morrow Graham. I also wanna honor the life and times of my old inauthentic self that I was lied to that I can't be this and I ain't that and you're not supposed to do this and you ain't, can't believe that, I want to honor her name, Joy Natasha Marie Graham Cox and honor the rising of Phoenix Joy. Good
7: morning. October 28, 1964, my dad was killed in a plane crash. My mother raised me as a single parent, and I put that poor woman through holy hell, believe me. Anybody that knows me knows that that's a true statement. Fast forward to 1999, my mother had cancer. Uh, she was in Tennessee, where I'm originally from. I got a phone call at midnight One night from my brother who said, you need to come home now. By the time I got logistics worked out, got a flight to Tennessee, rented a car, et cetera, et cetera. It was probably 1.30 or 2 o'clock the next afternoon. My brother and sister were already there. I was the last one there. About an hour after I showed up, my mother was gone. It was only God who, who made that happen. God made her wait for me. So anybody's got any doubt at all about anything that God can do? Here's my testimony. God made her wait for me and I was able to be there in her last breathing moments with my brother and sister. Thank you church family.
1: Is there another? I want to thank each and every one of you for participating in one way or another today. This is a very meaningful service for myself, it seems for many of you as well, and we've been vulnerable family to one another today, and I just appreciate our participation and openness. I want to encourage you that weeping is not the absence of faith, but the presence of love. It can take time to find a meaningful story after what seems like a hard or meaningless loss. It can be difficult after the memorial service has been planned, after the cards have stopped coming, or when the holidays are around the corner. Part of sharing our stories is reminding one another that you are not alone in your grief. Some of us remember when we were where you are. Perhaps you'll remember us if you ever need an extra set of shoulders to bear your burdens. I hope you'll also consider reaching out to our call to care team. I can get this next slide. We can pray with you or we can just listen and offer support. Please let us know if you are in need of care from your SBU family by emailing care at or filling out the call to care intake form, which is also posted in our Facebook group. Thank you all and God bless you.
5: Hi, SPU family. Thank you so much for listening to St. Peter United Sermons Podcast. We pray you were touched or moved by this sermon. To support
1: what we do, show your love and press that follow button. For more content
5: and news, follow us on social media platforms at St. Peter United. Remember, click, like, subscribe, and follow. See you next time.